This is Straight Fire with Jason McIntyre. What is up, Straight Fire fam? It's me, Jason McIntyre. Straight Fire for Tuesday, February 1st. Happy February, everybody. It's a beautiful month. It is uh, the month we transition more to the NBA, a little more to college basketball. And if that makes your ears bleed because you don't like basketball, well, that's your problem. Love basketball. March Madness, my favorite sporting event of the year, unless, folks, it is a World Cup year. This happens to be a World Cup year. Yes, that's true. The World Cup, of course, is in, I think, Dubai. Jeez. Oh, no, I'm sorry. <laughs> the World Cup, of course, is in Qatar, a.k.a. Qatar. And it's happening in November because you can't do a World Cup in the desert in summer. So the World Cup will take place in, I believe, November and December. Right around the time of Ohio State-Michigan and the end of the regular season in the NFL. Or I should say the latter latter portion of the regular season. So if you think the holidays and football, college, and the NFL is, is madness normally, and it is, toss in a World Cup. And it's just going to be incredible. But... Plenty to get to before March Madness, before the World Cup. Obviously, the big story on Monday in sports was Tom Brady taking to his podcast, which he does with Jim Gray. Jim Gray? That's stunning to me. How did I not know that? I'm reading all these stories. Oh, Tom Brady on his podcast with Jim Gray said that uh, he's not officially retired yet. Tom Brady, I'm still going through the process I said I was going through. Sometimes it takes some time to evaluate how you feel and what you want to do. I think when the time is right, I'll be ready to make a decision one way or the other, just like I said last week. So, a.k.a. Tommy Brady is probably going to drag this out. No, he's not going to pull a Brett Favre, right? By all accounts, he needs to make a decision after February 4th when he is expected to collect 15 of his $20 million salary. And a couple of people were upset with me on social media saying, I, I wrote, you know, when the salary thing came out that Brady's all about the Benjamins. Well, who isn't all about the Benjamins? Yes, Tom Brady did take less money in salary with the Patriots for a while to enable that dynasty to continue. Um, yes, his wife's worth $500 million because she was a supermodel. Um, but it's still all about the Benjamins. That's why he's not retired now. He's retiring next week. Like You don't just give away 15 mil if you don't have to, do you? Nobody sane does that. I don't. Uh, Jeff Bezos ain't giving away fifteen million for free. It, it, it just absolutely bonkers that people took that the wrong way. But that's social media. You know that's what people do. So, anyways, Brady continued um, that he understands the media environment and uh, people want to get in front of stories. But his decision to retire is still day to day. I'll take it by the moments and figure out when I really feel confident. I understand my decision affects a lot of people's lives. When that decision comes, it'll come. Probably not what you want to hear if you're the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Do they have to go back away from being Tampa Bay? Now they're just Tampa Bay, a team that doesn't have a quarterback and is not going to the playoffs? Because that's what they're going to become. I don't care what the supporting cast is. I don't care if you retain Godwin. I don't care what you do offensively or defensively. You're not going to be remotely close to the team you were with Tom Brady. It probably might... I don't even think it's going to get to the level of where they were with Winston, like right at 500, right? I don't even know if they're going to get there because we don't know who the quarterback is. That's kind of a huge deal, is it not? I mean, to lose not only Brady, but you're losing Gronk. You lost Antonio Brown, which shouldn't really surprise anybody. Um, that's three impact starters going out the door. 
Godwin, free agent. We'll see. Uh, we'll see what happens with Leonard Fournette. Folks, the pipeline has Blaine Gabbert and Kyle Trask. That's not 500 material, even in the NFC. But do the Buccaneers maybe try to consider Jimmy G? Do they get in the market for bringing in Jimmy G so they can continue to contend? I don't think Aaron Rodgers is going to be going to Tampa. Um, I, I what Russell Wilson? I don't. The problem is, who wants to go follow Tom Brady? Right? You go f- to Tampa to follow Tom Brady. Guess what? They are expecting a Super Bowl. And I know you're going to say, well, everybody's expecting a Super Bowl. No, sports fans. Yes, they're irrational, and yes, they're fanatics because. Fan is short for fanatic, but the reality is if you go to Tampa, oh, you know, they won the Super Bowl and then they were one of the top seeds in the NFC and they lost to the Rams. You got to get back there if you're a good quarterback, right? That's going to be the expectation. You never, and I've talked about this for a long time, you never want to be the guy after the guy, right? Right? The expectations are going to be massive, and you're never going to meet them. No matter how hard you try, it's just impossible. Following John Elway, good luck with that. Following Dan Marino, good luck with that. The one possible exception, possible, because he won Super Bowls, a Super Bowl, was Steve Young after Montana. Pretty seamless transition. Now, I wanted to put Andrew Luck in that category following Peyton. I know there was something of a gap year because of Peyton's uh, surgery. But Andrew Luck didn't win a Super Bowl. And a lot of the haters online, even and I'm talking media people, not just hater fans. A lot of media people think Andrew Luck was overrated and he didn't get to a Super Bowl and yada, yada, yada. The numbers disagree. He was an awesome quarterback, a ridiculous talent. I mean, to get to the Super Bowl, as Joe Burrow is finding out, you need to catch a lot of breaks. Um, so I, I, I can't kill uh, Andrew Luck for his not coming through in Indy. I mean, the guy retired at, what, 30? But following the guy, even following Donovan McNabb in Philly was, was very tough. Um, it's, just, it's just not easy. And this applies to everything. CEOs radio, TV, everything. Like, it's tough, man, to be the guy who follows a, a legend. Uh, acting, um, it, it's just not easy. And I, I don't envy whoever goes and gets Brady's spot should he end up retiring. I, I still remain somewhat dubious, but I am a pessimist by nature. We've talked about this at length. Um, and frankly, I don't know. I like. Are you, are you going to have an easy time? Like, what if you get Teddy Bridgewater in there? Right, Denver. Let's say they get Aaron Rodgers. Uh, Denver parts ways with Teddy Bridgewater. Uh, is Teddy Bridgewater? I mean, he could get you to five hundred, right? He knows the division, having spent time in Carolina. Um, solid quarterback. So I, I think that could work. But ultimately, I don't. I mean, we'll get to the Raiders here in a moment. Rob G and I uh, are going to break down the Raiders in depth. This Josh McDaniels move is interesting. I do want to just uh, one other thing. You know, we're going to talk at length about. Uh, Josh McDaniels and the Raiders shortly because, you know, Rob G's a huge Raiders honk. But I did want to bring up something I saw. And we're not diving into Brian Dable much in the Giants. But at his introductory press conference, Brian Dable made it kind of an interesting statement. So he said that when he was, what was the, it looks like it was the year 2000, Brian Dable got offered a job 
with the New England Patriots. And Belichick offered to hire him for $15,000 to work, quote, however many hours there are in a week, all of them. And all these people are outraged. Oh, there's so much wrong with this. That's exploitation of workers. And the Patriots are a billion-dollar organization. They were not a billion-dollar organization in 2000. Um, That's just so wrong. And again, like we've gone over this, guys, at length on the podcast before. Uh, And there's this weird divide among you know, the millennials and whatever the new generation is below the millennials. I don't even know. And this idea that I need to get paid for my work. Yes, that's obvious. You should get paid. But this idea that Brian Dable should have never taken that job or he was being exploited, that is totally, completely the wrong way to look at it. This is not about the Patriots and alleged slave labor or Bill Belichick. This is about Brian Dable. You guys know how markets work. There are 32 teams in the NFL. Do you know how hard it is to get on an NFL staff? Okay. There's a finite number of jobs. They're just, they're not creating any. This is not some business where you could just create, like right now sports media is just building out gambling departments all over the place. We're just going to build a gambling department because, you know, the gambling's hot. We're just going to build it. Like that doesn't really exist much. In the NFL, yes, you could say we're gonna we're gonna add an analytics department, okay? One or two jobs, maybe, maybe you add a third or fourth for an analytics team. However, you're probably scaling back in another area while adding analytics. So this idea of Brian Dable getting in the NFL and, and he should not have accepted a job for fifteen thousand dollars to work all the hours in a week, like obviously he's you know, enhancing the story. Belichick didn't say work every hour, but you want to grind. And I'm not going to really name names here, but I do know people who who have, like the expectation is, oh, it's my first job. I'm doing this. Oh, I need to get good money. And I'm like, what exactly are you doing? How many, what, are you grinding? Are you working your ass off? Because the one thing that Brian Dable knew was, damn it, I'm getting on Bill Belichick's staff. Oh, man, that is great. I will do anything to get on Belichick's staff. Get your foot in the door. Brian Dable comes in. He makes peanuts for two years, and then lo and behold, they've got a wide receiver position coach open because someone moved up the ladder somewhere else. Brian Dable showed he was a good soldier. He worked his rear end off. Let's promote him. Nine years after Brian Dable took that Job for Belichick. He becomes an offensive coordinator. 22 years later, after taking that job, I guess right out of college, for 15K working for Belichick all the time, round the clock, he's now going to be the head coach of the New York Giants. You know, I know a lot of people don't want to believe this, but that's how the world works. You know? Uh, Yeah, sure, a handful of people are born on third base. The rest of us, there's no elevator to the top. You got to take the stairs. That's just, that's how it works. And Brian Dable took the stairs, grinded it out, showed Belichick he's willing to do whatever it took. And he stuck. I mean, I'm sure there was probably, I would just guess hypothetically, 25 people who were willing to do that. Assuming they knew the job was even available. 
maybe 50, you want to say 100. It's not like they were posting this job opening on message boards back in 2000. That's just not how it worked. This is like, who do you know? Uh, do you know anybody willing to put in the time? Who, who's somebody that I can trust that's going to work, that's going to come in here and really impress everybody and go that extra mile? All those colloquialisms. Like, it's tough to find those guys because everybody says they want it, but then they get the job and they don't really want it. And I'm just, I'm proud of Brian Dable for working his way up the ladder. I mean, this guy could have been a head coach last year. That's how good he was with Josh Allen. And I, I just, I'm stunned at the number of people who think that like he's making below minimum wage. Like I, 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 I guess you guys just have a lot to learn. And again, I don't know everything. I'm not the end all be all, but there are some young guys who listen to this. Trust me. I'm, I'm in the Instagram DMS and I hear about it, but like the reality is you're going to have to work. You've got to start somewhere at the bottom. I think I've told the story. Like when I started the blog in 2006, I was doing it five to six days a week. Guys, I made $0 for like the first year. And that was on top of my full-time job. Like, let that sink in. I was basically working two jobs. Now, I know that, listen, I'm not asking for any accolades or anything, but the bottom line is, yeah, you're young. You don't have kids. You're not married. You want to go out and have fun and meet girls and all that fun stuff, but you're working your butt off. I mean, I was doing a few things back then. I was working. And I was working out. I would, you know, it was in New York City. I would do, do a boxing class. I would uh, run, uh, work out. I mean, basically, it was just work around the clock. It was awesome. I mean, I had, I didn't have money to travel, so I couldn't really do any travel. But it paid off. And I think more often than not, that's usually how it works. Um, but a lot of these guys on social media, man, I, and again, I'm probably speaking to a small segment, but... For those out there who are listening, I mean, it's a process, right? You got to put in the time. Brian Dable did. Congratulations. And and just before we get to the Raiders, I'm just going to say this Jim Harbaugh thing. Jim Harbaugh and the Vikings are slated to meet this week. And I personally did not see Vikings coming through. Is he using this Vikings thing as leverage with Michigan? Is he using it as leverage with my, the Miami Dolphins? Uh, Jim Harbaugh is going to be the next domino, but first let's, let's, let's dive into these Raiders who have hired Josh McDaniels. Fox sports radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com and within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live. Fox sports radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com. And within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live. All right, we need to talk about Rob G's Raiders making what, by all accounts, appears to be a Josh McDaniels hire. And I joke, by all accounts, because we remember what happened with Josh McDaniels and the Colts. They bring him in, and he's gone. He turned tail like a coward within, I don't know, was it 24 hours after the announcement? Um, it, it was ugly in Indy for Josh McDaniels. It didn't last long. Of course, that was worse than his stint in Denver, which many of us have forgotten. Um, and listen, this is not a bag on Josh McDaniels day just because he's going to Rob G's Raiders. And um, we'll get to the whole Belichick tree in a moment. But I, I think we need to just talk about Josh McDaniels, Rob, for a quick second, because let's be realistic. He gets the Denver job. He basically tells Jay Cutler, like, bleep you. I don't want you as my quarterback. Jay Cutler's like, what? Uh, remember, Jay Cutler was like the guy in Denver. 
And then Josh McDaniels is like, I want Tim Tebow as my quarterback. Okay. That's a full stop. I want Tim Tebow as my quarterback. We know he was a winner at Florida. Ain't nobody thought Tim Tebow should be a first round pick. McDaniels overreaches for him. Now they did win a playoff game with Tebow one. Um, the, the memorable pass to Demarius Thomas, RIP. Um, I don't even think that was a McDaniels team. Yeah. I think that was a John Fox team. It was, but I think, T, you know, that was Tebow's career highlight. Yes, so that was like correct. the one thing that McDaniels got out of him. Yes. Um, but overall, yeah, that, that was a disaster. He was done in two years. He alienated everybody. Stop me if you've heard this before. Belichick tree. Um, ticked off the whole organization and then had to land the next year with the Rams. People for, forget, oh, he was with the Rams? That's right. He needed a little rehabilitation. I don't know if it was a you know, the Patriots did, didn't have an opening or whatever goes to the Rams as an OC for a year. And then boom, back to new England for an, about another nine years. Here's the weird part. And I'm not going to name names, but you guys know at FS one, a lot of former Patriots are in the media, whether it's players or coaches. And it, many of them have mentioned to me, uh, you know, not, it's not really off the record. It's just guys talking, you know, uh, we work together. We're just talking that McDaniels really liked New England. He was raising his family there. He didn't want to uproot his kids from school. He was probably just going to stay until Belichick said, I'm done, and then take over. That was, by several people's uh, way of telling it, that that's what McDaniels' plan was going to be. So now the question is, well, why all of a sudden is he leaving? After the Patriots appear back, leaving a playoff team, with a quarterback on a rookie contract, Mac Jones, and going to the Raiders, who have a capital D dysfunction at the top of their franchise right now. Uh, you know, other than Derek Carr, who now is uncertain, we don't know what he wants to do. You know, they have Max Crosby, and we like Hunter Third and Renfro, and, you know, Josh Jacobs is okay, and there's some, there's some, some talent there. But they dusted the GM. We, we know about all the arrests. Um, uh, Something's not adding up. So my theory over the weekend, and we didn't get to fire this on Monday's pod because obviously conference championship weekend. Um, my theory was like, listen, McDaniels had seen Mac Jones for a year. He had seen what that guy can offer. And Mac Jones was an awesome game manager last year. And you wonder, does he see, wow, Raiders, Derek Carr? If I can convince Carter to stay, I've got a better quarterback than Mac Jones. And I would say nobody could argue with me right now. Derek Carr's a better quarterback than Mac Jones. Mac Jones made all the plays as a game manager. And then what happened down the stretch? Late in the season, he got a little bit exposed. And they played good teams, and he looked pretty bad. Now, McDaniels is uh, picking Derek Carr is one thing, but can he convince Carter to stay? Remember, the last time McDaniels went to a franchise, he saw the quarterback. Jay Cutler, and they were like, no, not happening. It's not working. You can't do that with the Raiders because you bounce car. It's not like you've got a top five pick, not even a top 10 pick. You went to the playoffs. What is the solution? Can Josh McDaniels lure somebody to Vegas? Now, I know this is where Rob G's foaming at the mouth. We could get Aaron Rodgers. Let's That's get right. Rodgers. You know, maybe something happens with Kirk Cousins. Uh, you know, I'm not going to get into it yet. But this Jim Harbaugh situation in Minnesota suddenly is percolating. Bears did not happen. I mean, wh what does that mean? Does that mean that Harbaugh lands in Minnesota? Is he going to want Kirk Cousins? 
Those are two fiery personalities, man. That's going to be heads butting. So, Rob, my guess is McDaniel sees something in Carr that he likes because, frankly, I, I know they made the playoffs, but you're going into a division where you got to face Patrick Mahomes twice. You've got to face Justin Herbert twice. And the Broncos may be bringing in Aaron Rodgers. And I would argue the Broncos, Yeah, I don't want to overstep my bounds, but if you pressed me, Rob, match up all the rosters in the AFC West, do the Broncos have the best roster if you eliminate quarterback? And I know that sounds like an idiotic, if you eliminate quarterback, but you remove quarterback from the equation and look at every other position. Are the Broncos right there? So this is a curious move to me by McDaniels, unless, Rob, he knows something about quarterback. Oh, yeah. I, mean, I don't think you're overstepping your bounds at all. I, I would 100% agree with you. If it not for the quarterback position, which is the first, second, and third most important position on the team, the Denver Broncos roster is fantastic. I think it's the best in football outside of the quarterback position. So if they can get Aaron Rodgers, if Nathaniel Hackett can deliver Aaron Rodgers or somebody to play quarterback, then they are going to be a double digit win minimum. You know, I, I'm not even, I, they, they're a, the Super Bowl contender, but uh, automatically counting for 10, 11 wins before you even get to the, the schedule or whoever they're going to face. Um, Josh McDaniels, number one, I hate the hire. Oh, uh, like, like you, you, you brought oh. up the, the time in Denver and the Tim Tebow, the Jay Cutler situation. You didn't even mention to me, which is the most egregious thing that he did, which was he got caught cheating pulling a spy gate over in Denver. Like that was the wait, reason wait, why he I'd got have, fired. Oh, that's right. Denver. Yes, yes. Yeah. I was thinking spy gate Patriots. Yeah. He got caught. And then, you know, a couple of weeks ago, actually DJ Williams was on a podcast with Brandon Marshall and he talked about how they felt all good about themselves. They were winning games and then they go to another team and they end up getting smacked. And like, well, why did we lose to that team? It didn't make sense. You know, we're a better team than them. Oh, can we find out we were cheating this whole time? And that's why we were so well prepared. Um, I don't understand the higher number one, because his history with the, you know, the Colt situation, the Bronco situation, number two, I don't know if there's any team or any person outside of new England that thought that Josh McDaniels was like a great candidate because of his past transgressions. Number one. And number two, which you brought up briefly, the Belichick coaching tree has been terrible. Mm. Like Brian Flores who is a sub 500 coach has never 20, made the playoffs 24 and 25 is arguably the second most successful guy to come out of that tree. All right. Hold on. I need to throw a flag on that. Who would you say is most successful? We can cross off Matt Patricia, the Bill rocket scientist. Uh, who, who, who are you saying? Bill O'Brien. Okay. I, I don't, I don't really have it. I was hoping I, I was going to pump up my guy, Mangini, oh, I love Bill O'Brien. Okay. So Bill, we say Mangini, Mangini is a friend of ours. We'll put him yes. up. Number one. We like him. Bill O'Brien, a uh, couple playoff runs in Houston. He had a quarterback in Deshaun Watson, but another guy who, I mean, you can bring, yes, Bill O'Brien most successful, but does that scare you, Rob? Because the, one of the reasons Bill O'Brien was so successful was because of the power that he was able to, generate by saying I want to be Belichick and I'm taking over the personnel and that's when it all fell apart and he made like awful moves we know McDaniels already tried this kind of thing in Denver like I know you can get excited about his assistants because the guys he uh hired in Indy before before bolting were pretty good Iberflus was one of them but the, the Belichick tree Rob is a lot of rotten apples on that bad boy yeah and you know what's funny is 
lost in the sauce of this whole Josh McDaniels hiring is that it's a package deal with the general manager who is also from New England. So you can't tell me that Josh McDaniels is not going to have at least some input on the personnel, which is exactly what you don't want given the history of Belichick coaching from guys, number one, and number two, what you just went through with John Gruden. Like Mike Mayock, they said that it, when it was debating which players to sign or draft, it was 51-49, which meant John Gruden always had the final say. Mm. And the only time he didn't have the final say was when they got late in the draft and he had no idea who these guys were. So he was like, all right, Mike, I'll let you you know, pick whoever you think might make most sense, which is exactly why all of their best picks were late round picks because John, John Gruden was terrible at evaluating the first, second, and third round guys. So I don't understand what the Raiders were thinking. I think it's a terrible hire. He'd have to win a Super Bowl to win me over, to be quite honest with you. Um, I mean, wait, wait a minute, Super Bowl? Yes. You're going, what, over 15 years without a Super Bowl? Aren't you happy with the playoff trips? No, because, look. How about a playoff I, I win? When, be, when was the last Raiders playoff win, Rob? Uh, 2001, I think. Oh, kid, yeah. it's been that long? Uh, I think so, something like that. No, come um, on. 2001? It's something like that. Yeah. And you're I'm, demanding a Super Bowl? Because look, I, I have staked my claim on this <laughs> podcast in public, on the streets, in Twitter, you know, that I hate Tom Brady. You know, I don't I don't like him, you know, as a Raiders fan. I'm not allowed to like him. And I'm bolstered by the fact that for all of his championships and all his accolades and a lot of them he deserved, he's, he's still a great player, even if I don't like him. He still has two of the biggest cheating scandals in NFL history on his resume. So what kind of hypocrite would I be if I say, yeah, I'm just going to dismiss Josh McDaniels having two as well in New England, in addition to the third one that he had in Denver, provided that we get to the playoffs every year. Okay, let me drill down on this because you're just throwing around cheater at, at everybody. So <laughs> let me just get, let me get at it. So Tom Brady, cheater, Josh McDaniels, cheater, Bill Belichick, cheater. Yes. Feels a little excessive. Well, it's not like they're I not mean, all cheating. Look, I look at it this way. The, Belichick and Brady specifically, I can't say anything about Josh McDaniels because I think the jury's out on him. Until he does anything away from New England, it's hard to say whether or not he's a good coach. Okay, because in, in Denver, he was sub 500. So he doesn't get the benefit of the doubt right now. Belichick and Brady, to me, are very similar to Barry Bonds and Roger Clements. Belichick they, and who? Brady. Okay. They didn't need to cheat to be successful, I don't think. I think eventually Belichick would have broken through. I think eventually Brady would have broken through because they had the right formula Brady was maniacal in his preparation. Belichick's defenses were always top five, top 10, whatever. Eventually, they would have got one, maybe two, maybe three. Where they gained the system and had their allegations, the spy gate, the deflate gate, what have you. And then there was another one where they were caught filming Bengal sidelines. I don't know if you remember that one a couple of years back and, and yeah, Belichick had to visit himself. Filming Marvin Lewis on the sideline. What you <laughs> yeah. And so I think that they found an edge and they got it and they got more championships out of it. Okay. Um, Time out. Hold on. Let me stop you there. So okay. they were busted. I think it was 2016 deflate gate, right? Are we talking deflate gate or spy gate or, or you count both? both of them? Whatever okay. one you want. That, that's the thing. Even after they've been from. busted for two, I think they went back to the Super Bowl post both of those against yes. the Eagles and lost. And then I think they went back to the Super Bowl post both of those against the Rams and won. 
Yes. So like they they won before cheating, we would argue, right? 2001 and whatever. Well, and if, then you they ask, won- if you ask former Rams from the greatest show on turf, they believe that they were cheating during that first Super Bowl. Like plenty of guys have gone on record. Tory Holt, Isaac Bruce. Because they, they got shut down? Yeah, because it wasn't just that they got shut down. It's how they got shut down. Where it's like, this is interesting that you know exactly what were things we haven't even done all season and you know what's coming. I would I would definitely watch the documentary on that. I would um, love by the way, that. I started watching the F1 documentary on Netflix because a buddy of mine um, has an idea for a similar one with a different twist. Not F1, obviously. Um, and and uh, I, I may be tangentially involved. You like the usage of tangentially. Uh, I think I said it correctly. Um, so I've got to brush up on my F1 and these cool documents. They're awesome. I mean, I'm, I'm not like super into the car racing. But the idea and building these things, you guys know I like to build things. I kind of built a website and sold it. I feel like I'm I'm not building something at Fox, but we are on the ground floor um, of gambling. We have been um, for basically since I got there. Um, and I feel like we're just, you know, basically putting bricks in a skyscraper right now and we're building something. It feels cool to be on the ground floor building. So I, I'm into that. I, I do kind of find it hard to believe that the Rams in – and again, this is what, 2001 or two? I forget the great 2001. 2001. And that's when Brady like was a late ad to filling in for blood. So when he got hurt, right? Yes. Yes. So, and they, I need to look, had they made the Super Bowl a few years before that? Oh, I think they that, had was, that was Parcells. Right? That was a Parcells team. Parcells. Okay. Yeah. Interesting. So under your impression, they've been cheating all along. No, I think that they've cheated a handful of times. I think there's if, if you've done it once, you know, you say it's an accident. If you've done it twice, I think it's a pattern. So I think you've done it more than the two times that we know about. Again, like to go back to my comparison with the Bonds and Clements, those guys were great as it is. They didn't need the performance enhancing drugs to become what they already like. They would have had all the fame careers without it. I think Brady and Belichick would have won at least one, probably, you know, more than two without these situations around their neck. And they won five together. They won six. six. Brady has seven. Brady has seven. Oh, gosh. (laughs) The numbers are so large. You forget like most of the guys have one or two, maybe three. I think Montana has four. Brady's got seven. Um, Interesting. So you are of the belief that I don't want Josh McDaniels because he's a cheater. If they start out three, you know, will you have, will you forget all of it and just be like, let's go playoffs, baby. I'm I'm, going to root for my team. I still don't like him. Like that's not going to change. Like there's been plenty of guys with teams that I root for where I like the team. I don't like the coach. Like I didn't like Luke Walton with the Lakers. You know, I didn't, I wasn't a fan of Mike D'Antoni with the Lakers, but if if the team's winning, I'm still going to root for my team. That that, I'm assuming those were personal because I don't think. Either of those guys were any in any. No, I just didn't scandal. think. They were, I didn't think. I thought Luke Wall was in over his head, and I thought Mike D'Antoni came in with a big stick, trying to do things his way when his way had not won championships. Ah, oh, poor Mike D'Antoni. They had the Warriors on the ropes in Game Seven. Yep. <laughs> almost got. Almost got there, Mike. Uh, Luke Walton. I is he out of the league? He is out of the league. You might see him by your neighborhood. He might go jogging on the. No, I don't think. I don't off. think he lives out here anymore. I mean, dude, did you see? What happened to Luke Walton in Sacramento? Like, that was ugly. Yeah. Uh, whew. Huh. Um, all right. So, overall, you're not thrilled 
with Josh McDaniels, but you will ride with Josh McDaniels. I don't have a choice. I'm, that, I'm not going to be I one mean, of those guys who jumps off the bandwagon. For yeah, like, listen, I, I was I, I like the Adam Gaze hire and don't bash me for it, folks, because guess what? Peyton Manning was the one riding that bus. He was totally driving everything. Say, oh, come on, Adam Gaze. I threw 55 touchdowns with the guy. You got to love him. Meanwhile, we find out Adam Gaze didn't do shit and nobody likes him. <laughs> He's not a people person. You know, it was a total Payne's fault. Rate. This is Payne's right. fault. So they switch it and they go, we're going to go opposite uh, 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 someone who's not a people person. We're going to get the ultimate people person, Robert Salah. He, they love him on the sideline. They loved him in San Fran. And you're like, does this guy know about X's and O's? And, and I mean, like, I like, I'm rooting for him. You know, he's a, a mixed uh, race guy. I'm a mixed race guy. Uh, we've talked about that in the past. If you're just listening for the first time, guys, catch up. Um, but yeah, I'm rooting for him. I, do I think he's going to be successful? I, I, I don't have a ton of confidence, but it's early. Uh, I'm optimistic. We'll put it that way. Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com. And within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live. Let me ask you about this. Now, we did not. Sometimes Rob and I will talk about topics. Um, often we'll talk about topics. Um and I, I didn't bring this one up before, so this might catch you off guard. But briefly, I wanted to hear your thoughts on this. Some guy, some jabroni out there took a shot at Odell Beckham. And I, you guys know my thoughts on Odell. I've wanted him out. I told the Giants to trade him a million times when I had the radio show. Giants fans hated me. I was proven right. Um, it felt like a train wreck in Cleveland. Him overall has felt like a disaster. I've been pretty much spot on with Odell. He's working great with the Rams. Some guy in Cleveland looks like he's like some sort of radio host, 92.3 The Fan, if anybody is familiar with that. Um, he went after Odell Beckham on social media and said, hey, I will. All these people saying Odell's been great. That's stupid. I'm going to be rooting against him because of the way he got out of Cleveland. Like, what a bad human being. And this is his exact tweet. What OBJ did to orchestrate his way out of Cleveland is a horrible precedent. The media will fawn over him the next two weeks, but I won't. Nothing to feel good about what he did, which they will ignore. Don't get how former Browns teammates can be happy for a dude who quit on them. Now, listen, in real life, a.k.a. before social media 15 years ago, whoever this guy is, Daryl Ruider, Ruider, something, I don't know, whatever. Nobody cares about this guy. He says stuff. It's yelling into the uh, into the airwaves in Cleveland. Nobody cares. Maybe eight people people might care. I normally wouldn't. I don't put stock in what these randoms say. But this idea that Odell was it was a horrible precedent to orchestrate his way out of Cleveland. Rob, I would need to go back and listen. But if memory serves, it wasn't working for him. Whether it was him and Baker whether it was his dad and Baker, um, the exit was ugly. But how many times have we said in life, guys, if you are in a bad place in your job, get the hell out. Do what you got to do to get out of there. Set something up somewhere else. Move on. There's no point in continuing to be unhappy in a crap situation, right? And like, I'm a fan of doing that. If you're unhappy, leave, move on. Odell, unhappy, saw the team spinning its wheels. I know they were good last year. He was hurt. It's fine. But like Rob, like did Odell t 
technically quit on the Browns? And feel free to yell at me and say, Jay, you've forgotten. He quit on the Browns. But I don't know, man. I It, it wasn't working. Can, is that fair to say or is that unfair? No, I agree. It just it wasn't working. It was one of those situations where right from the beginning, he was not a fit for what they wanted to do. In the beginning, Odell Beckham Jr. was very full of himself, I think is fair to say. You know, he, he had the wearing a, a watch, a quarter million dollar watch on the field during a game. You know, he he got a I think he was either flagged or fined for having the wrong cleats during games, you know, having the wrong visor, like like the NFL dumb rules that they have, but he was breaking them because he wanted to be an individual. I don't think Cleveland was the right spot for him yeah. with the culture that they have around there. It's not just on the team, but in the city, very blue collar, you know, grinder kind of people. And Odell's yeah. not that kind of guy. And this guy, Daryl Ryder, you know, from the fan and 92.3, I think that, He's letting his allegiance to the Browns kind of cloud yeah. his judgment a bit. Um, because if you remember what happened and how he left with his dad in that Instagram video and everything like that, Odell was, didn't say anything during that whole time. You know, he, he was quiet. He was playing the good soldier. But from what everybody said, head coach on down, he mm. was yeah. going about his business. And it's Let not, your dad do the dirty work. Yeah, but it's, it's not his <laughs> fault that yeah. your team chose the quarterback who by all accounts yeah. is a mediocre quarterback over what we now see again is a star wide receiver. Yeah. It, Odell in Cleveland as a fit, you think, Oh, he's going to be a great number one, but it, 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 he wasn't a number one. He's not a number one. I know I'm sure he would refute that and Nike would hate to hear it, but he's not a number one. And the other thing is in LA, Rob, you know, this is a Laker fan uh, is a UCLA guy. Um, Odell in Cleveland. Biggest deal in the city by a mile, right? LeBron was gone. Um, Kyrie Irving forced his way out. Like Odell was the jam in Cleveland. I, I don't know about the Cleveland Indians or the Cleveland, whatever their new name is. What are they? The Cleveland Wayfinders or something? I don't know. <laughs> oh, Guardians. Is it Guardians? Might oh, Guardians. it could be. I, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> so that we care. know about baseball. Yeah, exactly. So at any rate, you know, to wrap this up, it's like, Cliff Odell comes to LA and dude, he's not even a top 10 kind of guy in the city in terms of sports. Like LA is enormous. There's so much going on here that Odell just kind of blends into the background. And lo and behold, he's fitting perfect. He's now coming off a big game and going to the Super Bowl. And like, I know I've had beef with him and he blocked me on social media and like every Twitter, Instagram. I'm happy for the guy. Can, can I say that, Rob? I hope I don't come off as a, as a goof. I'll, I'll wrap with this, Rob, and I'll float it to the listeners. I'm sure the P1 guys late in the pod will get this. Is this the kind of pod where we should then reach out to Daryl Reuter uh, of the radio station in Cleveland and try to get him on to discuss this, or do we not do that? Because who's Daryl Reuter? Um, I don't, I'm going to open this up to Rob and the audience. If, if we get like, hey, Jay, bring him on. This guy sounds interesting. Great. Well, I'll, I'll try anything. Um, we do have a couple other really big guests in the pipeline, but anyway, Rob, your final thoughts on this guy. Do we, is this the kind of guest we want to have on? Like as somebody who has produced network level oh boy, sports talk for over a decade, including your show on Saturdays. My first thought is absolutely. Let's get him on. It's going to be fireworks. Oh. It's going to be great. Right. That's my first thought. My second thought though, is I remember the Barry Trammell incident from your Saturday show in Oklahoma mm. city when he went in on Kevin Durant and you decided, hey, we got to get him on and talk about this. Let's debate it. And rather than us get fireworks, Barry Trammell hung up in the middle of the interview. Yeah. 
And when those kind of things happen, it's funny at the moment, but it's yeah. not good for our purposes, yes, for entertainment purposes, for ratings purposes. And we are in yeah. a ratings business. <laughs> and I don't know enough about Daryl Ryder to, to tell us whether or not he's going to be down with mixing it up with you on the podcast. Yes. Uh, good memory. All right. Um, that's enough for a Tuesday. <laughs> what a Rob pulling stuff out from <laughs> like four years ago when he was producing my radio show and, and, and me defending Kevin Durant to the ends of the earth. All right, guys, have a great, splendid Tuesday. Um, We'll talk to you tomorrow.